1 Corinthians 14.10, the Bible says, There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world. Now watch this. This is the important part. Please don't miss this. And none of them is without signification. Father, help me help your people tonight, Lord. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't say and help me to say everything that I should say. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you know anything about your Bible, you, you, you have to realize that in the book of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul is writing to the most carnal church that he ever dealt with in his ministry. Uh, here's how I know they were Baptists. They were messed up. Uh, you remember it was at Corinth uh, where a son had shacked up with his own stepmother. Uh, it was at Corinth uh, where immorality was running rampant. It was at Corinth where the loyalty of the congregation was divided among the different leaders. So Paul was doing his dead level best to try and straighten this church out. I mean, he's trying to straighten them out, straighten them out on what they believed about the resurrection of Christ. He's trying to teach them about the proper roles of women in the church. He's trying to teach them that they needed to give to support the work of the ministry. I mean, Paul covers a lot of ground in the book of First and Second Corinthians uh, with a church that had a lot of problems going on. So Paul's trying to straighten out all these issues and he says something that caught my attention the other day when I read it. He says in what we just read, he says there are many kinds of voices in the world and none of them are without significance. That means every voice has significance. Did y'all catch that? That means every word means something. It means everything that comes out of your mouth, everything that comes out of my mouth has meaning. It means words have power. It means words matter is what it means. It means that what you and I say is an expression of who you and I are. Amen? It means your words define you. Your words define who you are. It means that you'll be held accountable for the words that you speak. Because every word has significance is what the Bible says. So here's what I want to preach on if I may please. If the Apostle Paul said that every word we say has significance, if the Apostle Paul said that every word we say has weight, and that every word we say matters, then I want to be very, very careful as to what words I let come out of my mouth. So here's what I want to preach on. Here's my thought, simple thought tonight. I want to preach on the subject of watch your words. Watch your words. Words. Now, if you've been in church longer than 15 minutes, I have no doubt that at some point you've heard many, many messages on James chapter 3 on the subject of the tongue. You know, the Bible says that the tongue's a small member and it causes big problems. Uh, the Bible says that the tongue defiles the whole body. Uh, the Bible says that the tongue's set on fire by hell is what the Bible says. Dr. J. Harold Smith said it like this. He said, if you ever want to know what God thinks about the tongue, consider where he placed it. First, he imprisoned it twice. He imprisoned it behind the iron bars of the teeth and behind the fleshy mode of the lips. Then Dr. Smith went on to say, he said, and the Bible said that the tongue is set on fire by hell, so God had to bathe it in a wet solution. Saliva. Right? 
because, because the Bible says that the tongue set on fire by hell. Uh, that's what God thinks about the human tongue. I say to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that the human tongue, it, it's deadly. The tongue is dangerous. It's harmful. Uh, the tongue can do damage that no other weapon in this world can do. And I submit to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, having said all that, that words matter. Words are important. I say to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, watch your words. <coughs> Excuse me, I'll tell you what James said about it. It's what James thought about words. He said the tongue was so evil that no man could tame it. You know what that tells me? That tells me if you don't submit to God, if you don't let the Holy Ghost have control over your mouth, then guess what? You're asking for trouble. Somebody said, oh preacher, pray God will give me a new tongue. I said, no, I'm praying God gets a hold of the one you've got. Somebody say amen right there. Somebody said... I'm putting my tongue on the altar tonight. No, you're not. The altar's only 30 feet long and there ain't room. You might as well laugh now. I'm going for the jugular vein here in about three minutes. Everybody okay? Well, anyhow, somebody might say, Well, preacher, what's the big deal? Why is it so important to watch what you say? What's the big deal about watching your words? I'm so glad you asked. That's why I'm here tonight. I want to give you three things about words. I want to show you three different kinds of words and why they're dangerous, why they're important, and then we'll go to the house. Number one, I want to talk about, first of all, hurtful words. Hurtful words. I'm talking about saying something unkind. I'm talking about saying something that hurts somebody else's feelings. I'm talking about being rude. Is everybody listening? I'm talking about uncalled for criticism. Uh, and as somebody said one time, I'm talking about words that hurt, by the way. Somebody said one time, Benny, they said, sticks and stones might break my bones, but words can never hurt me. They've not been alive two seconds. Words can hurt. words can wound, they can do damage. i tell you the truth, I can't remember every fight I got into when I was a young person. But I can tell you this, I remember every unkind word that was ever said to me. I can remember every every, uh, mean and awful and rude and, and cruel thing that was ever said about me. I can remember every bit of that. I can all, hey, I don't, I can't remember a compliment that I got yesterday. But I can remember something that a negative that was said about me or to me from 20 years ago. Why? Because negative things stay with you. You better believe they do. An unkind word will last and last and last in your memory forever. Now I'm not stupid. I know you're supposed to forgive. I know that. I'm not stupid. But ladies and gentlemen, it's a whole lot easier to forgive that than it is to forget it. Is everybody okay? Here's what the Bible said, Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech be always with grace. Now the word grace has got several different meanings, but in the context of the scripture here, the word grace means simply this. It means goodwill. The Bible's teaching uh, that we ought to speak with goodwill. Uh, That means if you can't say something nice, then bless God, shut up. Keep your mouth shut if you can't say something nice. Uh, Can I just share some personal things with you tonight? Can I tell you a few things that I've seen with my own eyes? 
Can I tell you a few things that I've heard with my own ears, Benny? Now, I'm not talking about bar hoppers. I'm I'm not talking about drug sniffing junkies. I'm not talking about reprobates. I'm talking about church people. Can I just give you a few experiences from my own life that I've seen out of church people? I've seen, church, I've seen deacons' wives criticize young women for coming into church because they, because they didn't have a dress on. I'm, by the way, I'm talking about lost girls. Everybody okay? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about somebody that had just walked in off the street saying something to somebody else that just walked in off the street. I'm talking about deacons' wives. I'm talking about people who are supposed to be saved, by the way. I, I've seen people come into church with, with jeans and T-shirts on and church folks treat them like they walked in naked. Is everybody Okay. Oh, it's more than clothes, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen deacons criticize teenage boys because their hair was a little long. Is everybody okay? Now, I think you ought to get a haircut, but I'm talking about some potbelly pig deacon criticizing a teenage boy, a lost teenage boy, (coughs) somebody that don't know God. Is everybody okay? Criticize a teenage boy who's lost and undone without God because his hair is a little bit long. I've seen church people treat people who come in with tattoos like they've got an infectious disease. <clears throat> I mean, won't shake their hand, won't be friendly to them, won't make them feel welcome in the house of God. Uh, now, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I absolutely believe y'all to come dressed appropriately. I believe that. You, you know me. You know I'm for being right and being straight and living clean. You know that. But I'm talking about lost people, ladies and gentlemen. I believe in being modest. I believe in doing right. I believe in honoring God in your body. And I absolutely believe you ought to get a haircut, pull your pants up and look like a man. I believe that. I agree with all that 110%. But ladies and gentlemen, the truth of the matter is this. We're killing the cause of Christ because we've decided to major on the minor. We've decided to major on the minor. I believe in all that stuff. But let me just say this. Nobody died and left us the self-appointed sin patrol. We ought to just keep our mouth shut. You let them come. You let the preacher preach to them. You let the Holy Ghost have a starting place in their life. Give the Holy Ghost a chance to deal with them. By the way... I've had a whole lot more trouble out of church folks than I have had people with tattoos and long hair. Somebody help me right there. You let them get right with God. And everything else, the haircut, the clothes, the tattoos, everything else will be an automatic reflex. You let them get right with God. You let them get right with God. Ladies and gentlemen, if the Holy Ghost can't change them, I can't change them. You can't change them. The preacher can't change them. It takes an act and a moving of the Holy Ghost. See, we've got this thing backwards. Excuse me. My little Lord's Supper communion cup of water I got up here. Excuse me. I hope so. We've got it backwards, Benny. Here's what we want, Joanne. We want people to get their act together and get all their ducks in a row and then come to God. 
That's what we want. But the Bible teaches that when people came to Jesus, when people came to Jesus, they were screwed up and they were messed up and their life was in a a mess. And when they came to Jesus, they let Jesus do the changing. That's what the Bible teaches. And see, we're doing it backwards. We want people to have everything together and then get them saved. I mean, everybody wants the people who are well-educated. Everybody wants the people who can give a lot of money in the offering. Everybody wants the well-dressed and the well-put-together. Everybody wants the people who seem to have it all together. I say we ought to be the church that wants the uneducated. I say we, want, we ought to be the church that loves the poor. I say we ought to be the church that loves the homeless, the hopeless, and the hungry. I say throw the doors open and bless God, let them come is what I say. I'll tell you what's wrong with the church. We've forgotten that we were once outcasts. We've forgotten that we were once freaks and failures. And the Bible says that Jesus came to His own, His own received Him not. Hey, thank God they didn't receive Him because if they had received Him, we'd still be on the outside looking in without hope, without help, and without God if His own had received Him. Here's the problem. We failed to remember that we were once the uninvited guests. But here's the worst problem. We're the uninvited guests who are trying to keep other uninvited guests on the outside. And that's where we've lost it, ladies and gentlemen. We're killing the church. We're killing the cause of Christ because we don't know when to keep our mouth shut. Are you aware of the fact? Let me help you tonight. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. Are you aware of the fact tonight that uh, it's all right for you not to comment on everything? Are you aware? Linda used to get some time out for just a second. Linda used to get so fighting mad at me. Bless her heart. I loved her so much. She is my best friend I ever had in this whole world. But Linda had an opinion about everything. I loved her so much. And not, and not knowing about something never stopped her from having an opinion. <clears throat> and we'd be talking about something and she'd tell me, and I, she would get fighting mad because this is what I'd always say about something that I didn't know anything about or didn't care about. I'd say, well, I don't have an opinion. It's okay not to have an opinion about something. Is everybody okay? It, it's, okay not to, it's okay not to express your opinion about something. Especially if you don't know, no, know nothing about it. Somebody help me right there. Sometimes it's just better to shut up. Sometimes it's just better to keep your mouth shut. But here's the sad part. I have seen churches absolutely ripped apart, ripped down the middle. Why? Because of words that hurt. Because of hurtful words. I I mean split right down the middle because somebody had a nasty attitude and they just had to say something. I would be very interested, Benny. I'd be very interested to know how many of our people are out of church tonight and backslid because of somebody who said something that they should not have said. I mean, are you aware of the fact that your words can hinder the work of this church? Uh, uh, Your words can kill this church graveyard dead. Is everybody listening? I, I mean, my God, folks, do, do we really have to complain about everything we don't? Hey, can I just tell you something? Can I give you something personal? If I complained about everything that I didn't like in, a, in, in any given service, we'd be here all night. 
But it's just best sometimes, Beardy, to keep your mouth shut. Furthermore, do you think that God is really interested in what you like and what you don't like? I say hogwash. Moving right along. Everybody's mad. Number two. I'm running, out of, I'm running out of my Lord's Supper cup of water. Somebody help me. Number two. Yeah, fill it up. Not only are there hurtful words, but what about this? What about hateful words? Hateful words. I, I'm talking about words that incite. I, I'm talking about words that provoke. What about this? Don't let me lose you. Is everybody listening? Sometimes it's not always about what you say. Sometimes it's about how you say it. Is everybody okay with that? Everybody all right? I I mean, you can say something that's right. You can say something that's true. And you can say it in the wrong spirit. You can say it with a nasty attitude. And you can totally kill the meaning of your own words. I'm talking about hateful words. I'm talking about when people use words uh, to get a reaction from somebody else. I mean, I'm talking about things that people say when they're real good and mad. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about words that are said in anger. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? I'm convinced of this. There's a whole group of people who say anything and everything just to get a reaction. They want a reaction. I mean, always wanting to say something smug or something smart, Alec, to get somebody else mad, get somebody else upset. Oh, yeah, they're mad at the, at the world, and they want somebody else to be as mad as they are too. I mean, I'm talking about these people, somebody help me, who got to have the last word. I mean, my God, folks, we're supposed to be grown. We're supposed to be mature. Do you really think it matters who has the last word? Now, I'm just going to tell you something about this old fat boy. My wife will testify to this. I don't argue. I will walk off and I'll leave you standing before I'll get into a screaming match with you, sir. My time, listen, I value my time. My time is valuable. I don't have time to stand around and argue with you. I, I just don't have time for it. Fella called the other day, wanting to argue, wanting to argue over uh, what his signs and stuff were, and I told him seventeen different ways, trying to get his to wrap his pea brain around it, and he just wanted to argue and argue and argue and argue, and finally, this is how I ended the conversation, Joanne. I said, "Well, what do I know? I just work here. I'm not interested in arguing." I just won't. It's a waste of time. It's stupid. It's childish. But can I just tell you something tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Nobody ever wins an argument. Hey, if you're mad and you're bent out of shape and you can't have fellowship with somebody else over a stupid disagreement, then guess what? You both lost. You're both a loser. You both lose. There is no winner in an argument. Hey, Anytime that you're throwing dirt, you always remember that when you're throwing dirt, you're losing ground. I mean, I'm talking about hateful words. 
I mean, everybody always has to comment about something that they ain't got no business saying nothing about. Somebody always looking to pick a fight. I'm just going to give you something from my own personal life. In any given conversation, honey, don't get mad at me. I love you. And you husbands and wives will know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this. In any given conversation, I know exactly what to say to make my wife mad. In any given... Any of you married men want to confess? Richard Good, do you not know exactly what to say to upset Joanne? You try not to, but... Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I'm going somewhere. You, you try not to, but you know exactly what it would take, don't you? Benny? Never mind. <laughs> Richard Robinson? You, you know your wife well enough. You know exactly what to say to make her mad. Beardy? I... We knew you had a big appetite. We just didn't know you had room for both feet. So, uh, is that right? I'm making a point. I know exactly what it would take in any given conversation. We don't even have to be having a disagreement. In a casual, everyday conversation, there's three or four things that I can say to my wife, and she'll be fighting mad. She'll be ready to kill everybody in the house. But here's where it's at. Is everybody listening? I choose not to. Why? Because I like having peace at home. I don't want to come home to an argument. I don't want to always have a fight on my hands. I'm not interested in that. Life is too short and God is too good to walk around and be in an argument all the time. I don't have time for that. I'm not wasting. Don't you fool with me. Don't you bother with don't, don't you Don't you mess with me. I will not argue with you. I will walk off and leave you standing. And you just remember, you push the issue too far, the cemetery's taking walk-ins every day. Somebody say amen right there. Leave me alone. (laughs) Then son, stand flat-footed and fight her like a man's all I can tell you. Now hold on a minute, I ain't looking for a fight, but bless God, I ain't backing down from one neither. I'm just trying to help you tonight. I, I, I'm not interested in arguing. I'm not interested in fighting. I, I, I'm not interested in all that stuff. Life's too good. God, life is too short. God's too good for all that mess. Let me just tell you what the Bible said about it. Here's what the Bible said. Proverbs 15 verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up what? They stir up Anger. The word grievous means awful. It means severe. It means terrible. It means negative. Here's what the Bible's saying. Real simple. Don't miss this. This is important. The Bible's saying when it comes to communicating with other people, let's use a little common sense. Let's use a little wisdom when it comes to our words. Hey, what about this? Let's use a little tact. Are you aware of the fact that You don't always have to tell everybody what you're thinking. Are you aware of the fact that you don't always have to tell somebody when you disagree with them? 
Uh, are you aware of the fact that the world will keep spinning if you just keep your mouth shut every once in a while? Oh, but some of us, Benny, we think that the world will go to hell in a handbasket if we don't let our opinion be known and let everybody in the whole free world know what we're thinking. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you tonight that your grade school teacher was right when she said you ought to think about it before you speak. Now listen, I, I've got the same problem you've got. Uh, I, don't, let, don't let this crude way of putting it offend you. Uh, uh, but I, I've been known to have a little diarrhea of the mouth and constipation of the brain, if you'll pardon the crude phrase. Hey, I got the same problem you got. I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes, instead of thinking before I speak, most of the time, well, I won't say most of the time, some of the time, I think while I'm speaking. And that's a problem. Because sometimes I say things and after I say it, even I don't agree with it. I'm talking about thinking before you speak. I mean, man, (coughs) we ought to think some things out before we go to shooting off at the mouth. We ought to give a little thought to what we say to other people. Instead of, instead of being rash and, and instead, instead of being knee jerk, we ought to give it some thought. But here's the problem with hateful words and I'm going to move on. Now we've all done what I'm getting ready to say. We've all been mad. And we've said some things that we shouldn't have said. We've all been upset. We've, I mean, fighting, I mean, mad as a hornet. I mean, fighting mad, and we said some things that we didn't necessarily mean, and we said some stuff that, 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 that we, we didn't give any thought to, and we said some things that we would have never said had we not been mad, right? And we're mad, and we're upset, and we feel terrible. And here's the reality. We want to say something to somebody else just so they'll feel as bad as we do. That's exactly what it is. Sure, you were angry. Yeah, you was mad as a hornet. And you didn't mean not a single word of what you just said. But here's the problem. Once you've said something in anger... Once you've said something in malice, once you've said something, once you've used some of those hateful words, once you've lashed out, do you realize that you can't take those words back? Is everybody listening? Whether you meant what you said while you were mad or not, I'm sorry, but the damage is done. You can't unspeak the words that you just said. And And here's the bad part. It's a whole lot easier for somebody to forgive you than it is for somebody to forget what you said to them or what you said about them. Now, I have to be careful with what I do with my anger. Because let me tell you something about this. Listen, I, I, I weigh 445 pounds, weighed the other day. I don't trust me, Joanne, as far as I can pick me up and throw me. I have to be careful when I'm angry. I have to be very, very careful because I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret after I've calmed down and come to my senses. I, I, I don't want to lash out 
and say something that I'm going to regret just because I was in a moment of, 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 of anger. Because because a conversation was getting heated or because a situation was frustrating. I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret because of a moment of stupidity or because of a moment of weakness or whatever the excuse is. I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret. Because I can't take it back. Once it's said, there's absolutely nothing. You can do it. You can apologize and you can apologize and they might forgive you. But I promise you that relationship is going to be hindered for as long as you both live. Because of something that you said while you were mad. Because of something you said while you were angry. Because you were upset. Because you were frustrated. And you've done damage to a relationship that'll never, that can never be repaired. Oh, sure, you may go on. You may still even have fellowship. I mean, my God, you still might have breakfast together. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is this. That relationship is never going to be what it was before because of hateful words. Hateful words. Number three, real quickly. Not only are there hurtful words... There's hateful words. But there's also, third of all, thank God there's helpful words. Now this is where I want to live my life right here. I want to be a help to somebody. I want my words, Richard, to have meaning. I want my words to be encouraging. I want my words to be edifying. Time out. Can I tell you the quickest way that I've seen people kill a service, Benny? God will get to moving, people will get to testifying, and somebody every, t- every time will jump up and complain about everything they've ever had wrong in their whole life. I mean, people are testifying and saying how good God is, and man, God's moving, and God's helping His people, and somebody will jump up and talk about, have to talk about their mother's cousin's next-door neighbor's mailman's infected toe or, or, or their kidney surgery or something and kill it deader than 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry. Hey, we'll pray for them, but there's a time for that. There's a place for that. I mean, I'm talking about edifying words. I'm talking about something that's going to help somebody. I'm talking about something that's going to be edifying to the Lord. I'm I'm talking about words that are going to give God glory. Let me give you some scripture on that. Here's what Jesus said about our words. Matthew 5, 37, the Bible says, But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil, is what the Bible says. Now, Jesus, in the context of that scripture, he's talking about worthless promises and breaking vows and empty words. But this is what he's saying, real simple. It's real simple. Jesus is saying, say what you mean and mean what you say. Jesus is saying, don't shoot off at the mouth. Jesus is saying, don't don't go off half-cocked. Jesus is saying, watch your words, is what he's saying. Excuse me. What about this? What about Matthew 15, 11, where Jesus said, Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth. And then you know what he says after the comma? This, this defileth a man. Jesus is saying, not only do your words define you, but your words will also defile you. Now, are you aware of the fact that the words that you speak can ruin your testimony? 
Are you aware of the fact that the words that you say can ruin your relationships? Hey, what about this? Are you aware of the fact that your words can ruin your life? They can. Hey, words matter, ladies and gentlemen. So I want to make sure, I want to be careful to make sure that my words are helpful words. I don't want my words to be a hindrance. I don't want my words to be negative. Here's what Solomon said, Proverbs 21, 23. He said, Whosoever keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Now listen, i got enough problems on my own. I don't need to add more because I'm, I'm careless with my speech. I don't need to create more problems in my life because I shoot off at the mouth and I go off half-cocked. I've got enough on my own. No thank you. Can I ask you a question, ma'am? Can I ask you a question, sir? Think about it before you answer. When's the last time that you offered a compliment to somebody instead of a criticism? When's the last time that you said something positive? Instead of griping about something you don't like, hey, listen, I, 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 I've got preferences just like you do. Everybody's got preferences. We've all got things we don't like. We've all got things that we do like. But can I ask you a question? When's the last time that you just let your preferences go out the window and you said something kind instead of complaining about something? And I, I, Let me help you. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time with a complainer. I, I, I'm not going to spend too much time with somebody who's negative all the time. I mean, I know some people. I mean, if you just sat down to a meal with them, by the time the check came, you'd need half a bottle of Prozac. Some people just live in negativity, Dorette. I mean, they just... there's You can't satisfy them. Nothing is ever going good in their life. I mean, just dwell in constant... Negativity. I knew a lady one time, Benny. Every time you saw her, how you doing? All oh, my knees are hurting. Well, how you doing? All oh, my backs are killing me. Well, how you doing? All oh, this is wrong. All that's. But one day I saw her. I said, "How you doing?" She said, "Oh, I'm doing good, but I'm scared to death." Why? She said, "I've always heard you real good. You feel real good right before you die." I'm talking about negativity, and some people just thrive on that. I mean, they choose to live their whole life in negativity. They never say anything positive. They never have anything good to say. They never have anything complimentative to say about anything. They just soon gripe. They just soon complain. I'm not listening to that. Uh, God knows there's enough negativity in the world, and I'm sure not going to listen to it coming from you. I'm just not going to listen to it. I'm talking about using your words to be uplifting. When's the last time that you were an encouragement to somebody else? When's the last time that you gave somebody a compliment? When's the last time that you said something to build somebody up instead of tearing them down and criticizing them and telling them everything they're doing wrong? I've never understood this. Something will need to be done at the church and nobody will volunteer. But boy, they'll pile around like a bunch of vultures to tell you how how it ought to be done. The church needs painting. Oh, well, I'd do brushes. No, I don't believe I'd do brushes. I believe I'd have rollers. No, I wouldn't have rollers. I'd go rent me a sprayer. Well, then bless God, get involved and help somebody. If you know so much about it, then do it yourself. 
Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's always got something to say. Everybody knows about everything when they really don't know nothing. I felt conviction when I said that. Anybody, anybody want to fess up? I thought so. Hey, everybody needs a kind word every once in a while. Your brothers and sisters in Christ need it. Your church family needs it. Your immediate family needs it. Your spouse needs it. Hey, what about this? Your pastor needs it. When's the last time you told your preacher, Hey, preacher, you sure helped me this morning instead of, My God, preacher, you preached an hour and ten minutes. When's the last time you said something encouraging? We all need some, some encouragement sometimes. We all need a, a kind word sometimes. So let me ask you a question. Why can't it start with you? Why can't you be the one? Why can't you be the encourager? Why can't you be the one who uses his words to uplift somebody else? I'm talking about helping somebody else. Using your words to, to encourage somebody. Be a blessing to somebody. But oh no, we just soon live in negativity and we just soon criticize. We just soon gripe and complain about everything we don't like. We'd we, we, we rather complain, complain about it's too hot in the sanctuary, it's too cold in the sanctuary. They sing too long, they don't sing enough. The preacher preaches too long, he don't preach long enough. He preaches too hard, he don't preach hard enough. We'd just be, we're just content to complain and gripe and tell everybody everything that we don't like. I just want to remind you, God's not really interested in what you do and don't like. So what are we going to do? I mean, are we going to live our life and choose hurtful words and cut people down and belittle? Are we going to use hateful words and lash out and speak in anger and stir up problems and create issues and create hard feelings? I'm talking about using your words. I'm talking about watching your words. Let's stand with our heads bowed. Here's the invitation. It's real simple tonight. I just want to ask you a question. I'm going home. I'm tired. Can we just be honest with ourselves for just a minute? Let, let's just be honest. There, there's nobody here tonight but us. Let's just be honest with ourselves for just a minute. Can I ask you a question? Can you honestly say that you're proud of how you've used your own words? Can you honestly say that you've always spoken kindness can you honestly say that you've always said something to encourage? You've always said something to build somebody else up instead of tearing them down? Hey, what about this? Are you proud of how you've talked about other people? What about this? Are you proud of how you've talked to other people? Benny, I had a friend, he worked at KFC. He said the day he hated the most was Sunday because of the way the church crowd acted when they come in. Shame on us, ladies and gentlemen. When we speak to other people, we ought to speak with grace. We ought to speak with tact. We ought to speak with love. Instead of using ungodly, un, uh, unfitting words for a child of God. Hey, listen. We've got to let Jesus have control over our tongue, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to let the Holy Ghost have control over our attitude. 
We ought to let God use our words to edify somebody. We ought to let God use our words to be an encourager. We ought to let God use us to to edify the church. We ought to let God use us to give Him some glory. Hey, don't let the devil use your words and have his way with your life because you don't have any tact. Because you're careless with your speech. There's danger, ladies and gentlemen. Is everybody listening? There's danger, there's trouble, there's problems if we're not careful with our speech. I'm talking about watching your words. Oh yeah, there's danger. It's a snare. Hey, the devil's got a trap laid for you, ladies and gentlemen, and it could be something that you are going to say to somebody about something that you have no business saying anything about. So I just wonder, would you submit your, would you submit your tongue to God tonight? Would you let the Holy Ghost have control over your speech? Father, I pray something was said tonight, Lord, was a help to your people. Lord, help us not to be careless in our speech. Lord, I'm guilty. Every person in this room is guilty. God, help us to be gracious in our speech. God, you said in your word that words had power, words had meaning. God, help us, Lord, to be ever mindful of that. Lord, I don't want to be somebody's excuse for getting out of church and, and quitting on, on you. I, I don't want to be the reason somebody can't have fellowship because of, of, because of something that I said that I shouldn't have said. Lord, help us all to submit our tongue to the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen.